and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. I feel like I can exhale, at least for a little bit. I might have to take a breath again, though. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I'm Rooster, here with Crow. Hello. Crow's really grumpy today, and I'm too fucking tired for this. Yeah. Well, being grumpy all day makes you tired, too. So anyway, thanks a lot. <clears throat> See you later. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a shit show. Of all the possible uh, scenarios, we got the worst one. We've got the... Uh, Super close election, down to the wire. It's what, the 2004 or 2000 scenario? Hanging chads. Yeah. It's that whole fucking thing all over Uh, again. I pretty much thought this would happen, though. I mean, I thought we'd come down to, you know, shenanigans and there'd be a lot of court shit going on. I didn't think it'd be this bad. Hmm. So I stayed up late last night, about 1 o'clock in the morning. And when I went to bed... Trump had a, I think, I'm, I could be wrong in these numbers, but I'm close, a hundred plus thousand lead in Wisconsin, uh, slightly more than that in Michigan, and a 700,000 lead, a 10-point lead in Pennsylvania. But they still hadn't called Georgia, and they still hadn't called North Carolina. Although they'll fucking call another state for and I watched Fox exclusively last night. They'll call any other state for anybody else any other time they fucking feel like it. So uh, you can tell I'm frustrated. Anyway, uh, so blah, 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 wake up, and all of a sudden it's like, well, it looks like Biden will win uh, Wisconsin for sure and probably Michigan. And I'm going, what the fuck happened? And overnight, hey, look, all of a sudden they're finding lots of votes. And by finding, I'm not necessarily saying they pulled them out of a trunk someplace, although that's a possibility. But what I don't get is they say the mail-in voting is the early voting, and that should that will show up right away. So they said these places will go blue, and then they'll start to trend red as in-person voting shows up. And that's exactly what happened in a lot of these. I mean, there was a point where I thought, shit, he's not going to get Ohio. Here we go. And... Uh, all of a sudden, Trump starts catching up in Ohio, and he won Ohio by eight, eight points. So what I'm trying to figure out is how in all of these states that are close like this, you have the blue wave in the beginning and the red wave after, and then suddenly an overnight blue wave again. Yeah. Now, Pennsylvania, I sort of get because they have a state law that says they can't even start counting the mail-in ballots until the day of. Um, which is ridiculous, but whatever. But they recently added a law that the Supreme Court, which now is probably going to hear this again with nine justices instead of four, um, said, as of yesterday, if your if your ballot was mailed in yesterday, postmarked November 4th, that ballot could get there until Friday the 6th bullshit. to be counted. That's just bullshit. I, I agree that's bullshit. Now, we don't know which way those votes are going to go. They'll trend blue. 
But regardless, if you can't get your fucking vote in on time, you don't get to vote. And don't give me this shit about disenfranchisement. You get disenfranchisement when people think the, the vote isn't secure. Right. But it's not like those people's votes won't count. They just didn't vote on time. If I'd have shown up to the polls today and said, yeah, I want to vote, they'd be like, that was yesterday. I don't get to go, disenfranchisement. If you got a court case, let's say you have uh, a warrant out for your arrest, you show up at court a day a, uh, a, a day after you're supposed to, you say, ah. Look, I don't know why you brought that up. That's really hard. <laughs> I mean, my lawyer says that wasn't my fault, mm-hmm. and uh, that's pending litigation, okay? Why you got to be so mean? Yeah. Well, then there's uh, Michigan, uh, the, the administration, Trump's side is suing to halt the vote, the counting, because they said there's no meaningful access for for the Republicans to see what's happening. Yeah, which the news, all of the everybody comes on and goes, Trump said uh, he wants them to stop counting or wants them to stop allowing people to vote. It's like, Stupid. that's not what he said. And they know fucking better than that, too. Absolutely. They know better. They want they want represent representation there to make sure no fuckeries afoot. And we're going to be using that term a lot a bit. Did you see Fuckery. the did you see the thing in Philadelphia about the credentialed uh, Republican um, poll observer that wouldn't let him in? Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, sorry, that was yeah. that was a mistake." Yeah, but, but while it was going on, they were saying, "Well, you're you're not registered here. It doesn't matter where I'm registered. In, in, the, in the I can go anywhere as long as there isn't one here already." Mm-hmm. It says it right on the thing that he had in, fr- in the paperwork he had, but no, oh, that, that was fake. Here's something from Red State. More funny numbers. Michigan County Clerk admits skewed election numbers in very red county awarded to Biden. So it goes, uh, uh, Antrim County is a big red area, which went heavily for President Trump, President Trump in 2016. But you wouldn't know it according to the tabulations being put out last night, which claimed that Democrats had taken the county and by quite a bit. And then here's Jamie Rowe tweeted this. There is no way in hell Trump got beat in Antrim County. Those numbers are transposed, and that will be a net plus 6,000 votes for Trump. So they've got Antrim County, Biden winning 62.5%, 7,769 votes. And to put that in perspective right now, the Michigan lead is for Biden is less than 20,000. Yeah. And then Trump has 4,509. They're saying there's no fucking way in this county that would happen. Uh, so the clerk is admitting that the results appear to be skewed, that the very red area is still red, but somehow the votes seem to have been transposed, giving thousands of Trump votes to Joe Biden. Mm. Well, that's there, just a one-off. That won't happen anywhere else. There was one of them, I think it was Michigan, where they were saying something about they, not, they got an extra, uh, there was some spike for Biden overnight, and they were like, oh, sorry, we submitted a, an extra zero on it. So instead of 10,000, it said 100,000 or something like that. Yeah. I don't know that full story. I got it from reading uh, Brad Torgerson's comments in uh, in the Larry Korea post. Brad's yeah. usually a pretty smart he's, guy. He's another author. Science fiction, I think, mostly. Yeah, this is just, I mean, I don't want to be <clears throat> that guy who's like, you know, I, I will totally admit that there's voter fraud. And it's, you know, along the Ilhan Omar kind of thing. But I... Um, I don't honestly believe that there were people changing hundreds of thousands of votes, and now I've changed my mind. Yeah, I, I've always thought more and more so that the Democrats know they can't win just by convincing people. They know that. 
that's why the big tech companies are doing their damnedest to suppress all these, you know, voices that aren't mainstream media and because they know they don't they don't have the ability to change people's minds. So what do they do? They focus on getting away with getting away with fraud. See, I disagree with the very first part of that statement. I'll agree that the tech companies are skewing stuff, but uh, I think if you just if you straight up voted, you know, if I know you can't do this, but if every person walked into a room and threw their you know, folded up piece of paper in a box and you counted all of them, all 300 and whatever million, well, a bunch of kids there, so 250 or something. I think Democrats would win because I think most people view themselves as slightly to more democratic because it's all touchy-feely stuff. Do you think people should be poor? And If you allow somebody to explain positions, though, and the, the people on the right nowadays – uh, and conservatives have very good arguments for what they're doing, and they can convince people. I agree. They've done it, they've done it a lot on on alt alt media before it got clamped down on. It, people were being swayed by those opinions. Obviously, they were pissed off about it because after the Trump election, they had their little meetings saying, "We can't. How did we allow this to happen? We can't do this anymore." Tim Pool had a pulled up a study where he said, or I don't know if it was a study, but he's saying if you allow free speech on any. Um, you know, all, uh, all tech or you mm-hmm. know, technology service, it tends to start swaying or starts t- trending towards conservatism. Well, it's like and they talk said radio. the only way that stops that conservative swing is moderators getting rid of uh, those kind of voices or you know or you know skewing things. Yeah, it's like talk radio. Talk radio is almost strictly conservative. Well, they've tried. That's what I'm saying. The left knows they don't have the argument. They can't. They can't win with argument. They win with bribes they win with everything that's fucking underhanded except the 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 real you know uh, head-to-head confrontation like having a, a real debate you know there there you see all these instances of these debate clubs on these campuses uh, high school a little bit i think but college no i think i've seen this mostly in high school but you don't see it so much anymore but the debate club things where you get the the subject and then the debaters get up and you have the conservative debaters, you know, giving their points and whatever. And then the left uses all these uh, little tricks to win points mm-hmm. because because they know they can't win the argument. So they're doing like this super fast talking without taking a breath and and just nonsense meander because because it tabul it, it, it when you tabulate the score, you know, it's just a dumb. But basically, they know they can't win, so they just use the technicalities and cheating basically. Well, I remember that, uh, you know, episodes and episodes ago where we played the uh, black college professor who said that uh, outer space is racist or whatever. Yeah. Or no, it doesn't exist. It's created by white people. Yeah. It's a- you know, and then somebody goes, what about the black astronauts? He goes, no, no, no I'm talking about whiteness. <laughs> you know, a black, a black person can be subject to whiteness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and he was just talking over a student. So, I but, don't know. But I, I, I can't imagine... With with the way things were going before COVID, that the Democrats really thought they had a whole lot of chance. The economy was great. Well, uh, I, Middle I East, agree. Middle East was was uh, we weren't in any, in any wars. Middle East peace accords were happening left and right. It it was pretty great for the country. COVID happens, and then they all of a sudden realized, oh shit, this is our chance. Don't let any you know crisis go to waste. You know, one thing. Well, there's a couple things here. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a lukewarm Trump guy. Uh, and I say lukewarm because some stuff I really like and some stuff I don't. But I was far and away way more than a Trump guy than I could ever be of even thinking about voting for a Democrat. Um, and I, I 
I got to criticize them on a couple things. And one of them was they needed to get on this, th- you know, where the Democrats have been saying, you know, 200,000 people have died because of mismanagement. He had to get on, and these are two related points, right away, the two and a half million people have survived, you know. And he needed to point at Fauci and say, you know, this guy here, our smart guy, our expert, because the left loves him, says we're going to lose two and a half to three and a half million people. And we've lost less than 10% of that. We're doing pretty well. He should have used that argument. And they started to use it near the end, but it was way too long. They allowed the mismanagement argument to go on, which is total bullshit. Yeah. It's not provable, you know? Right. So... I mean, it's easy to prove that 200,000 people have died, but it's it's not easy to prove what it would have been in an alternate universe if he'd done something different. And so instead they were trying to do that timeline about I closed it down, but Joe said a month later we were fine and blah, blah, blah. And then the other thing was in the last three to six months of the campaign, and I didn't – and I think this may have cost Trump dearly, is he was – he was really going after a lot of people that I think a lot of people considered neutral. Now, think what you want of Fauci. I'm not a big fan. I think he's sort of a, sort of a wishy-washy kind of guy and has given way too much clout in this. You know, they will, they will ask Fauci what he thinks about shutting down the economy. He's not an economist. We don't need to hear from him on that. But if you ask an economist what he thinks of, of COVID, they'll be like, you're not a doctor. You know, it it was it was an unfair, unfair comparison. But people in general like Fauci and for Trump to get up there and be like, this guy's an idiot. That just that didn't help. I think he should have leaned into how much that guy was uh, sort of supporting him, because in fairness to Fauci, when they would say, hey, are you worried about Trump firing you? He'd say every time I give him a recommendation, he listens. I mean, he was. He was punching at the wrong guy. And he did that to a bunch of people. And it was like he was just trying to do the scorched earth thing at the end. I don't I don't think he should have done that. Go ahead and make fun of Joe because people expect that. But he was just trashing everybody. And I, if there were any people who were sort of lukewarm on him, uh, that could have turned him away. Mm. I don't care at this point about his uh, being bombastic or talking shit. That's we, we know what Trump is. Uh, but this is <clears throat> no, this is different. I have never had a problem with him being bombastic or talking shit. He went after a lot of people that I think other people had sort of either some respect for or just didn't consider to sort of be in the arena, and that just didn't help him. So, yeah, it's possible. I never heard any of it. So, well, he did a lot of it, but uh, you know, on top of that, I think. There are, uh, I put this on the Facebook page, there's a bunch of pundits that need to go away. Yeah. Pundits and uh, and pollsters. Because Nate Silver, who's supposed to be some fucking genius, this is the second time he's wrong. And he's way wrong. Because yeah, they, it's just garbage. All, these, all the polls are garbage. Yeah. And what they do is people go, so they're wrong. Their credibility is hurt. Yeah, but that sways the election. Yeah. To what degree? I don't know. But you can't, on something this important, be this wrong all the time and keep your job. Yeah. Uh, what is uh, Nick Silver's group, the 531 or whatever? They're seen as like these great pollsters and everything. Get them the fuck out of there. They don't know what they're talking about. 
I mean, he's, he gave Trump a 10% chance of winning. And then when it looked like it could go the other way, he goes, well, I did give him a chance. Yeah. You know, it's like a freaking weatherman. They don't have to be right. You know, the only difference is Nate Silver doesn't look good on TV. Um, and there's, there's also things going on that just nothing adds up in the smell test. There's, you're seeing Trump is winning in states or has been winning in states like more so than 2016. His, the totals are up this year. You know, maybe it's because, you know, I think they're saying like there's 4 million more voters now for Trump than there were yeah, in 2016. Maybe, but they're saying that the anti-Trump votes are way up too. I'm like, yeah, sure. But like areas that were voting Trump last time, now they're voting Biden doesn't make any sense to me. What what doesn't make sense to me, and I don't I don't know. You start getting into the minutia of those county votes versus 2016. That that stuff just sort of makes my head spin. It gets me frustrated. Um, but other than Bill Hemmer pointing at that damn map on Fox all night, saying razor tight all the time, God, I wanted to reach through the phone and punch him. Stop saying razor tight. Razor thin. Yeah, razor thin. Shut up. Someone take. He said it at least six seven times. Take that guy aside and be like, Bill, that's not what you mean to say. Yeah. But I, I don't want to get into all these counties and stuff that, that kind of makes my head spin. What I don't understand is if we have record turnout, way more people than we had before, why does it appear, at least up until this morning, that the difference in the popular vote was the same? Yeah. So Hillary beat Trump in the popular vote, which – Fuck off, you popular vote people. That's not how we elect presidents. Um, never have, and hopefully never will. Well, but the she beat him by like two and a half to three and a half million votes, which is about what Biden's up by now. It, I mean, that could be coincidence, but it just seems weird to me that if we have this record turnout, I can't imagine the number would be the same. Yeah. For the difference, yeah, isn't popular votes basically true democracy, which is mob rule, and. You go, uh, people want that, uh, the popular vote. And it's who, who said this, that, uh, James de- Madison de- de- said democracy is tyranny of the majority. Well, there's also somebody quoted that said democracy is, uh, two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. Oh, that sounds like Benjamin Franklin. Pro- probably. But that, I mean, that's, that's what you get. So, uh, I wanted to, I have a few articles I'd like to go through if you want real quick here. Um, yeah. And then I want to, uh, I told you today. Uh, that I had some rays of sunshine here. Yeah, I'm pretty sour. I, I I'm fully. Ex- you're, you're sour. Fully expecting. I'm not. I'm not picking that up from you. I believe Trump won. I'm fully expecting through fraud. He'll he'll ultimately be the loser, even if it goes to the courts. So, um, here's a article from Red State. The Wisconsin totals don't make any sense either, as turnout seems abnormally high. It says uh, this is from. Uh, Brandon Morse. It says, uh, Wisconsin is either breaking records or breaking the rules. Among all the weird stories currently floating around about sudden spikes in counts and glitches that made it clear that there were actually more votes left to be counted, Wisconsin is also having some oddities. Currently, Wisconsin has an abnormally high turnout. It's so high that it seems a bit unbelievable, as in nearing 90% voter turnout unbelievable. The Hill columnist Madison... uh, Gisciotto noticed something was amiss herself. She noted that the highest turn ever turnout in Wisconsin was above 73%, but almost an hour ago, the totals were approaching 90%. Wisconsin has never seen such turnout. The fact that it's effectively at 90 has raised some suspicion of voter fraud. 
Well, it's true that Wisconsin does have same-day registration. It's a bit odd to see this high number regardless. At a time when oddities are happening left and right, the sudden spike in record-breaking turnout also seems suspect. So, I mean, that's something where, you know, what are you going to do about it? But it's just like, like you said, when he's saying there's so much going on, that's not the only thing that's happening. In Arizona, they called Arizona for Biden earlier, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now there's an article saying Arizona still in play with strong tra- strong chance for a Trump victory after error revealed more votes still left to be counted. Uh, if Democrats and anti-Trumpers thought Arizona was a loss, that Arizona was a loss for President Donald Trump, then they should rein in their horses because it looks like Trump now stands a strong chance of winning it. According to Jeff DeFour, editor-in-chief of the National Journal, it would appear that an error in data feeds estimate only 86% of the vote has actually been counted. Um when they were saying 95% of it had been counted. This uh, gives some credence to the Trump camp's argument in a call with reporters that it expects to pull ahead in Arizona because most of the outstanding votes are in Trump-friendly territory. Maricopa County, I think it is. Does this guarantee a win for Trump? No. It's still anyone's game in Arizona. However, there's good news for Trump that makes it somewhat likely he'll win by a slim margin. As Chris Buskirk of American Greatness pointed out earlier this morning, Arizona has been pulling... In a 60-40 split between Republicans and Democrats since last night, if this holds, Trump will pull Arizona by a slim margin. Um, so I don't know. At this, as of today, we still don't. They're still saying Arizona is is Biden, right? A lot of these uh, news stations. I heard on my way into work today, and I uh, slept in, and uh, so I didn't get to work until after lunch. But on my way into work, I heard that ABC News was pulling Arizona off the Biden map. That's ABC. Okay. So that's a pretty strong indicator that Arizona's in play. Um, by the way, there is no quote that they can attribute that to anyone. That's uh, still a damn good quote. Mm-hmm. But in looking this up, um, and it, this is why I encourage people to read what the founding father said and, and uh, you know, the Federalist Papers and things because they – This flat out states how uh, John Adams felt. He says, remember, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes and exhausts and murders itself. There never has been a democracy yet that did not commit suicide. Uh, The point being that you can't can't have 51% of the people tell the other 49% what to do. And we're meant to be very diverse states. With different ideas, the government, the federal government, government is not meant to rule over the states. The states are meant to rule the federal government, and this powerful centralized government shit is getting out of hand, and it has been for a long time. There's another weird thing going on with uh, Arizona. Do you hear about the Sharpie stuff? No. Earlier today, it was reported that odd things were happening. In Arizona, ballots marked with Sharpie pens weren't being counted, yet voters were forced to use Sharpies in order to fill out their ballots. So, and then he, so that's an aside of this article I was reading. Mm-hmm. But I heard about that in a couple of different instances where they were talking about that, saying that the Sharpies bleed through the paper, and mm-hmm. so it invalidates when they put them through the machines. It invalidates the uh, the ballot. And they're saying that, no, these these are Sharpies that were provided for the voters to use. Now, what? how the hell does that happen? Well, there's a couple. And the tough part about this is you have to sort through the stuff that's legitimate concern right. and the stuff that's bullshit. Yeah. 
And there's two reasons this story is bullshit. One, and I've only ever voted in Minnesota. Um, you stand there and watch if your if your ballot's been if your ballot's been yeah, validated. Yeah, the machine itself has like a little counter on it that says, right. "Yep, ding, we took it." And I've had one that got spit out before, and it just went, "Nope, didn't take it." I could fix my ballot right then, you know. So if people are saying, "Oh, the sharpie bleeds through and it invalidates your ballot," assuming Arizona has something similar to what Minnesota has, you should know if your ballot's been validated. Unless. Yeah, I, I, that, that so one that I don't part know. I don't get. Yeah. And secondly, this idea that poll workers can somehow manipulate Sharpies versus pens for the right people. Now, if you were saying, hey, they, they were going to do this in um, the deep red area. You know, because you don't know a Democrat. Yeah, or a no, I know. There, I could, there's no way they could differentiate. Well, I mean, there's a way, but they'd probably be very more difficult than it'd be worth for them to try to differentiate on the fly but like you said that they could do it in certain areas they know is going to be the preponderance is going to be one way or another but then you have to but take the problem with that, that is the polar the poll workers are all the poll workers the opposite are probably going to have a lot of republicans in but poll too, workers so. generally speaking um in a lot of areas tend to be depends on the area you're in yeah. i mean i think the democrats outnumber the republicans probably two or three to one but you're still talking about there's 20 people working at the polls, so there's yeah. a decent amount of people. Yeah, there. all this, I mean, th these are things that, the problem is the fact that you just opened the door so wide to everybody expecting bullshit. And now it's like every little thing is like, well, I don't know if it's true or untrue. It's not something you can dismiss anymore. Yeah. Uh, there's another one in Michigan. Very odd. Michigan found over 100,000 ballots, and every single one has Joe Biden's name on it. That's the thing. That's what, you know, come on. If you're gonna if you're gonna cheat on a test in school, don't get 100 percent right. Yeah, Michigan was set to be a state that went to Trump, but miraculously, a bunch of early votes was found, and every one of them was a ballot with Joe Biden's name on it. And when I say every one of them, I mean every single one. Not one of these ballots had a Trump vote on them. This kind of thing is far from normal and worth investigating. Trip Twitter users also found this to be so unlikely as to be completely unbelievable. And he's quoting a bunch of Twitter people. I don't give a shit. Uh, Trump weighed in, though, saying he smells something odd as well. He goes, last night I was leading, often solid, solidly in many key states. In almost all instances, Democrat run and controlled. Then, one by one, they started to magically disappear as surprise ballot dumps were counted. Very strange. And the pollsters got it completely and historically wrong. Yeah, and I think Twitter uh, censored that post or changed mm, yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. So there, we're talking about three kinds of things here. The first one, the Sharpie story. I sort of put in the bullshit category. There's there's some other stuff that is going to be very, very interesting for them to sort of sort out the facts because it's going to be pretty easy to be like, we have this many registered voters, we have this many votes. I mean, there's the factual stuff that's going to play out. You know, when you do a recount, you go through and you count everything again. That That tends to be a lot more factual. But we also have a lot of this sort of intermediate shit that just looks suspicious. And by that, I mean Trump was up in, what, four states or five states? And suddenly – and Biden was up in Arizona. Excuse me. So the next morning, these – or three or four of these five or six states that Trump's in have changed, but the one that Biden's in isn't. This always seems to skew one way. Yeah. And the likelihood is just small. So good. There's a weird example too of, of something that just doesn't make sense. 
um, this they never should have stopped counting votes. So this person, uh, Joe Cunningham, here we are the morning after, and we are no closer to knowing the results of the presidential election than we were before polls closed yesterday. However, what we do know is that a handful of states, including Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, stopped counting mail-in ballots fairly early in the evening on Tuesday night, which is problematic because they didn't start counting mail-in ballots until Tuesday morning. So there's a backlog of mail-in ballots that need to be counted, yet those states decided to call it a night. If you wanted to avoid someone challenging the credibility of an election, I am not sure you should could choose a worse way to handle the situation. Here's how it goes down. There are going to be 10 or so hours of unaccounted for activity, and then the ballots start getting counted again. Then there will be another 10 or so hours of unaccounted for activity, and then we should have results on Friday. Instead of working through the night, the state election officials have decided to give either side the chance to call shenanigans if the other side loses. How else do you think this goes down? If Trump wins Pennsylvania, Democrats will say that someone tampered with and threw out a bunch of votes that would give it to Trump. If Biden wins the state, Republicans will say someone found a bunch of extra Democratic ballots and magically stole the race. This is a clear case of getting off your rear end and doing the work right now so we can have a transparent process voters can trust. Instead, we're getting a system run on the whims of people who decided not to work in shifts, but instead just gave up for the night. That's not something we need to base our democratic, democratic system on. We should be focused on transparency, transparency and accuracy and not practices that open our system up to accusations at best of nefarious practices in our electoral system. Hopefully this will be addressed in a proper and transparent way, but it's certainly not giving off vibes of a fair and just process. It stinks to high heaven and no one seems to like the smell. Well, how the fuck is it that, that Florida can get it right? Yeah. With more people, but Pennsylvania, who knows they're going to have a problem, can't get it right. Is, is Pennsylvania the one? I, I forget. Is that the one that said even early ballots you can't start counting till right. the day of? Why? That's just that's always been in there. It's done though. Change well, it. Well, yeah, it can be. They weren't going to get it done before this election. Yeah. Well, change it from the next one then. The, right. It but doesn't the, make sense if you can feed them into a machine early and have that machine hold the tally. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So here's the other thing. It's even worse than that. Uh, two things. One I know happened and one I heard happened. One I know happened is there's a smaller county in uh, Wisconsin. Can't remember the name of it. Tends to go Trump. Um, it was in the reason Wisconsin is 99 precincts reporting or 99% of the precincts was because this one uh, and it, it's small, so it's not – if Biden's ahead by 20,000, it's not going to change it more than four or 500 votes for Trump. But the uh, the voting commissioner or whatever that position is just decided to go home, not feeling well, left, went home. They can't get a hold of this person. <laughs> can't reach him by email, by phone, whatever. So they're talking about the cops going over there and just knocking on the door. Wow. It's like – who the fuck do you think you are just leaving in the middle of it? I understand if you don't feel well, but there has to be some... Like someone to take over, to, to tag in. Yes, there's got to be... You don't just get to decide. I mean, that... I'm sorry. That should be criminal. Uh, and then the other one, and this is way more disturbing, comes from Tim Poole. So I don't know if it's true, but Tim's pretty good with his stuff. He also... He does also like to throw some things out there, so he could be wrong. But... So... Pennsylvania said they were going to count all ballots received after 5 o'clock on the 4th as long as they were postmarked by then. Okay. There's no way to verify the postmark. I mean, shit. Somebody could be stamp, sitting there stamping a, 
I've got a postage machine at my office. I can set it to what I want to set it to, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that's why I voted in person. Uh, anyway, he said that, well, that he, I knew this. So the it went to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court voted four to four to keep in that in place. Okay. Well, but it, they basically kicked it back to the lower court. The lower court says, nope, you can still do it, but you have to take those – 200,000 votes or whatever and sequester them in case there's an issue. Well, Tim is saying he heard from a source that they didn't do that, that those votes are just thrown in there. I'm sorry, if that's the case, then you have to re-vote in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I mean, you have to, you know, unless, unless it goes to Trump. Now, the other thing is, uh, and Brett Baer on Fox, one of the very few people on Fox I'll even pay attention to anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, Fox. I'm done with you. Yeah. Uh, and not because, not because of, uh, you know, Trump didn't win and I'm sour. I'll admit I'm sour. I don't know if he's won or not, but uh, because of the people on there. But Brett Baer was asking, how come in some of these places where, and I think uh, North Carolina was one, Trump's got a 22,000 lead and there's 8,000 votes that are still out there. He's like, why can't we call this? And I don't remember if it was that amount in, in North Carolina, but it was one of those states. He's like, are, we're talking about an amount of ballots are waiting on that don't – they don't change the balance here enough. They don't – it's 50,000 out of 200. What What yeah. are you doing? You know? Yeah. What What possible reason could there be for that? I, I I don't know. I can't even come up with one if I'm if you're trying to figure out well what what's their excuse for that? They're they're not even given one. Well, and there was another thing that uh this morning that razor tight Bill Hemmer was talking about that was a little disturbing. There are there's uh in Michigan they had ninety four percent of votes in or something. Maybe it was Wisconsin. I mean states are scrolling by and like I said, these numbers are overwhelming. One of the states has six percent of votes they can't account for. He goes how can you not account for them? How do you not? He goes, what's going on here? And I'm like, can you not account for them or are you making them up? I mean, what's going on? Yeah. yeah and even the uh, Secretary of State of Pennsylvania today, uh, she was, she's on there going, and they're saying, well, some counties are saying this and some counties are saying that on the state map. And she goes, no, go to the county map, check the county map. Those are more accurate. Well, fuck. How are we supposed to be doing this? This is insane. So yeah, everything is up in the air. Everything's confusing. Cha- rules are being changed last minute. Um, this that's it's ripe for fraud, and, and the de- Democrats know it because that's their that's what they do. Hey, elections have consequences. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that pissed me off about well, a couple other things about Fox piss me off and i'm serious with the exception of tucker carlson i'm not gonna watch that show anymore yeah and and, or that channel because tucker is um he asked some good questions when we're talking about when they were talking about it he goes why are we even listening to these pollsters anymore he goes seriously why do these people have jobs he says it undermines uh the credibility of the media and he goes and the media should be bothered by that they should be angry that they were off by so much. How could they say Biden was going to win in a landslide? You know, how could they say Trump had a 10% chance of winning? He, go, he goes, 
Nate Silver should be done, and people just like him. And I agree. You know, by contrast, the Des Moines Register poll, shit, they nailed this thing all the time. Hmm. Why don't we just say, talk to those people? They got it right. Um, on this guy from the Trafalgar group, too, because he's got a different way of doing it. But anyway, uh, so then Donna Brazil, I just, I'm sorry, I hate her. She's an idiot. She is dumb. Yeah. She is Maisie Hirono dumb. And as much as I dislike Maisie Hirono, that's a hell of a shot at her. <laughs> um, and then Juan Williams, they were talking to him this morning. Um, you know, and when you and I were talking about this on the phone, you pointed out Juan Williams should thank God that uh, Fox employs him because who, and, and that conservatives gave him another chance. Who was it that fired him? Was uh, it NPR? Yeah, yes, yeah. uh, or NPR because. He said something that was vaguely complimentary of uh, Republicans. No, I thought it was that he said something that could have been construed as uh, anti-Islamic. He was he was worried about he was in a plane. Yeah, it doesn't change what I'm saying. No. <laughs> yeah, he was worried about being in a plane with some someone that looked suspicious, Middle Eastern, and he just made an offhanded remark, and they they tried to cancel him. And the uh, Fox and they did. News, they know, fired him. Fox News said, "Well, we'll take you." Well, Fox News first stuck up for him and said, what, the guy can't have an opinion? Yeah. And then fired him and Fox News hired him. And so I understand that these pundits get on TV and they say, okay, we want you to talk about this a little and you to talk about this. They they want these diametrically opposed views and makes for good TV, I think. I hate it. But um, so they said today, how do you explain this Latino vote? Because it seems like Latinos are suddenly – Start. They're showing all the again. They're doing the county thing in all these different states and everything. And they're saying it's not just the Cubans in in uh, Florida that are doing this. They said it's Latinos all over. And he goes, "Yeah, the Democrats need to worry about this." I'm thinking, okay, maybe Juan's paying some attention. And he goes, "Because the Latino vote is the fastest growing minority voting group." And he, then he goes on to explain how. You know, the Democrats need to figure out how to get through to these people because they're just not understanding the message. And you know what? It must be because Trump was banging on about socialism and a lot of them came from socialist countries. And, uh, you know, they're evangelicals. So that's how you appeal to them. And instead of saying, what about the Democratic message is not registering with these people? He's saying, why don't these people understand what's good for them? <laughs> And it's that kind of elitist bullshit that I can't take. And he's on a split screen with Brett Baer and Martha McCallum and Katie Pavlich. So he's on the right, you know, down below Katie Pavlich. And Martha McCallum goes, well, is it? no, it wasn't Martha McCallum. It was the other gal. Uh, anyway, she, she says, well, some people say maybe the media is the problem here. And they're not understanding what resonates with people in this country. And Katie Pavlich is like nodding, like, yep, they're not getting it. And Juan's just like, no. He's basically saying it's because these guys don't get what's good for them. Yeah, well, that's typical. That's a typical leftist attitude towards the non-elite. And so what he's talking about is like, he goes, these people are in labor unions. Well, he doesn't know that. And labor unions are generally, you know, Democrats are very friendly to labor unions. Yeah, and people are realizing that labor unions steal their fucking money. Yep. You know, they make you 
they make you achieve less when you want to achieve more. They're a way of holding you in place and enriching the people at the top. You know, they tell you you're going on strike, you go on strike. They tell you you're working, you work. They tell you you're not, you're not. They tell you what to make and when you're when you're working. And there are a lot of people who go, this is fucking bullshit. And so instead of thinking, hey, labor unions may be bad for people and they're figuring that out. Juan's just like, mm, no, they're just not very smart. They're not getting it. <laughs> I fucking hate that guy. I'm just I'm so tired of him. So yeah. I can't I can't watch him anymore, which is unfortunate because I like I like Greg Gutfeld's show. And, well, you know, I got a secret used, crush on Dana Perino. Yeah, and, I used to watch The Five all the time. It's, it's, I don't, I got rid of cable, though. So mm-hmm. I don't watch, I mean, I'll watch clips of it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and I used to watch Fox all the time when they had, Gutfeld had a show called Red Eye on it, 3 a.m. in the morning. And I'd, I actually DVR'd it and I'd watch it every day. It was great. And they had a lot of these people on <clears throat> before they kind of became bigwigs in the, in, in politics. Like Katie Pavlich was on Red Eye quite a bit. And Oof. Amy Schumer. Man, she got big. <laughs> yeah. More ways than one. I guess she... <laughs> Zing! I guess she's related to Chuck Schumer. Okay. She's like his niece or oh, something boy. like that. I know. That tells me all I need to know. But who's uh, uh, Rick Grinnell? Used to be on Red Eye a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Uh, he's the spokesman. Uh, not spokesman. He's the imp- an ambassador for the Trump campaign. I can't remember what ambassador, but he's uh, he's always on the, on the shows representing the Trump uh, campaign. Gay guy. You know, openly gay. Um, who else? There was a. There's just a lot of people that were on Red Eye, and then they just canceled the show. Fox has just gotten. Wait, s- Rick Grinnell is. Um, he's on. Uh, he's a speaker for, or he's a representative for the Republicans, and he's gay. That's yeah. not possible. No. See, he just doesn't know what's good for he him. Just hates himself. Yeah, he does. It's you know he probably he probably is going through um, you know shock therapy to remove his gayness <laughs> because that's the only way the Republicans would take him. Yeah. You know, just like Amy Coney, Barrett is going to vote. Whoa, what was that? She's going to vote to remove her own ability to vote. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's funny. I don't know. I've, I saw Rick Grinnell before, and I was seeing him speak on Fox, and I'm like, I think that guy's gay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Just it's surprising that the left isn't, like, burning him in effigy for being a traitor. Like, if you're gay, you have to be of a certain political view. So, all right, do you want my optimism? Sure. Um, I got a, while I'm doing this, I got to Google where the current Senate race is. All right, well, Phoenix-based data firm says Trump's on track to win Arizona. This is today that they wrote this. um, Okay, so uh, the, um, (coughs) excuse me. Again, back to the pundits. I was, and I said it on this several uh, several podcast or several episodes ago. I was very nervous that we were going to lose the Senate because I thought Collins was going down um, in Maine. They knew they were going to lose Cory Gardner in uh, Colorado. They thought they would pick up the seat in um, in uh, Alabama, but that wasn't sure. And they only needed to swing like four votes or four senators. And I thought, shit, we're in trouble. And Joni Ernst was polling way behind in Iowa. Well, Ernst kept her seat. Collins' uh, uh, opponent conceded this morning. We lost one in, the one in Colorado, but we gained the one in Alabama. 
So at this point, they were plus one. Now, I thought the reason I was trying to look this up is uh, the guy in uh, – in, is it John John Jay? No. What was his name? In, in Michigan. Ran for governor. He was a conservative, and he was running for uh, Senate now. He was showing a big lead. Now, Trump tweeted this morning, hey, look, they found the votes to make sure he doesn't win too. But it looked like we were going to pick that one up, so we're actually going to stay even in the Senate. Regardless, it looks like we're keeping the Senate, which is awesome because if Trump doesn't stay in, they're going to need some they're going to need some uh, firewall against Biden doing whatever he wants to do. So that being said, the House was supposed to get way worse for Republicans. They were supposed to lose uh, like 15 seats. That's what all the polls were saying. They're going to get the shit kicked out of them. They gained five. That's like a 20-point swing. That's, that's close to 5 to 10% of the amount of people in Congress. Uh, this is fucking stupid that they can be this far off and still people, I, I say keep their jobs, people still pay attention to what they say. So the House now is sitting at something like 192 to 185, so it's pretty even. So it's going to make it even harder for Pelosi, probably even to, I don't know if they have to reelect the speaker again. Uh, I mean, she gets any defections, they're going to have to, and look, it's going to be a Democratic speaker, but is it going to be her? You know, because there's a whole wing of that party that doesn't want her. So do these Republicans make a deal to get somebody else in there? That would be awesome. Yeah. But just the idea that this was supposed to be an ass-kicking landslide for Biden. And, you know, we're supposed to get, you know, maybe lose the Senate. In fairness to the prognosticators, that was not their prediction. That was my feeling. But then when it came to the House, they said we're supposed to get our butt kicked and lose all these seats. And that didn't happen. So, again, government stays relatively gridlocked, which I think is awesome because – I want the government doing less and less. Um, but now, even if even if Biden gets in, there's not much he can do, you know, without making some deals. So let's start eliminating this crazy pack in the court shit, which they were never, never going to be able to do anyway. I'm not concerned about that. No. Um, I'm concerned about just, you know, getting into another war, China. You know, yeah, I'm concerned about the China kind, stuff. All kinds of, but the but the point is, look at how the Senate had to behave when the margins were close. Because before we had a four senator lead, we had a two senator lead, and think of how tight it had to be and how careful everybody had to be. Well, now the Democrats are going to have to behave like that in the House. Um, but th- let's keep in mind if your theory and my theory is right that Biden is not the person they wanted running that he was the sacrificial lamb because Trump was going to steamroll anybody like Reagan in his second term before COVID shows up now that's the fucker the Democrats got he's not going to be able to handle this job he can't he, a lot of people are predicting that he won't make it through the first year right he doesn't make it through the first year the Democratic Party hates Kamala Harris I mean, they love her in, uh, you know, Washington, D.C. and California. The rest of the people fucking hate her. And she's not capable of doing the job. She's Barack Obama with less intelligence and no charisma. She's not getting shit done either. 
And I think this is going to be a fucking disaster for the Democratic Party. And so that means, what are they going to have? Are they going to primary their own presidential candidate next year or next time around? No. And I think this sets us up to be in a good position, sort of like uh, we were after Obama or after Bush was in office. So I just don't see our bench though having anybody to. Who, who would you think would be the person to challenge in four years? Well, I like a lot of people. I I like Dan Crenshaw. I like uh, uh, Tim Scott. Okay. Um. I don't. I don't find. I like Tim Scott. I just don't find him overly uh, charismatic. Oh, uh, I I like. He seems him. like a good guy, but yeah. I don't. I don't think his charisma is really high. My father-in-law said, "Oh, I think Pence would be next in line." I'm like, "Dude, no." Mm-mm. He goes, "Oh, I think he'd be great." I said, "Let me put it this way: I'm a Republican, and if it's Pence, I'm voting Democrat, just as a protest." Yeah, I they should just know better. I don't. I don't hate him. No. I don't. I don't have any ill will against him. Um, I think he's capable of doing the job. Mike Pence is Bob Dole, John McCain, Mitt Romney. He's the he fits the bill, and uh, it's his turn. I hate that stuff. Let's let's get somebody in there who can who can do it. Tucker Carlson. Yeah, he's smart enough to never run for yeah. it though. So I mean, there there are lots of people I would love to have in there that aren't political at this point. But yeah, there's there's no one I can think of, though, that I used would get to me think, real excited. I used to think I liked Nikki Haley, but she was a little too war hockey for me. For yep. me. Yep. I certainly think, although he hasn't been around lately, Bobby Jindal could do that job. So, Yeah, I haven't heard from him lately. Yeah. Um, who knows? Scott Walker may take a shot at it, although I don't know if he's charismatic enough. Man. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there. Ben Sass. I like Ben Sass. He's pretty good. Um, who's the guy from Florida, representative who's on there? Well, and then there's the guy from Missouri, too. Uh, they might be a little young, but I think they're up and coming. So I think Mark Rubio's uh, star is faded. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Mark. Yeah. Marco. I, sorry. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I am tired of the uh, 70s and 80-year-olds running. Yeah, me too. I want our, our president needs to be in the... You know, 40 to 60 range. Well, and part of the reason I like Crenshaw is, aside from his policy, is just his persona. He has a he has a real, and I mean, given the fact that he, he was a Navy SEAL, uh, he probably comes by this naturally, um, just sort of a calm kind of unflappable kind of thing. I don't feel like he would have to respond to everybody calling him a name. Yeah. You know? Um, instead of like, yeah, well, you're fat. He can be like, get the fuck out of here with that. You know, whatever. I'm not doing this. Yeah. If somebody on the left tries to like become the next left lefty Trump. Yeah. And they go against somebody like Crenshaw, they, that wouldn't work. He's just going to look at him like, that's all you got. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, it remains to be seen, but I mean, they don't have their, their bench is full of crazies. Yeah. I mean, look at who they had here. Here's the other thing. And I heard they backed off from this idea. Um, they were going to put uh, – they were talking about possible cabinet members if Biden gets in. And Elizabeth Warren in charge of the Treasury. What the fuck? And Bernie Sanders being the labor secretary. And I'm like, these are bad ideas. And I thought, wait a second. If they do that, it gets them the hell out of their Senate seats. And those have to be runoffs again. Now, 
they might, well, they could be appointed at that point by their governor and the governors of those states can be just as crazy. But the point is those seats get put in play again instead of these people who have been there forever. So yeah. I just took the whole house thing as a big chunk of America saying, eh, hold your horses here on this leftist agenda. Yeah, I, I still think we're, as a country, we're pretty much just headed down the shitter. I mean, it's it's inevitable, in my opinion. You sound like uh, every grandparent that ever existed. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> this fucking country. Yeah, I see. Like they, Going the, to hell in the, a handbasket. Global Marxist indoctrination has been going on for, for decades. Goddamn yeah. communists. And uh, our, our moral compass is completely gone. That wig party is a piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> Pretty much, that's how I feel. Fucking Tories. That's how I hear myself in, yeah. my, br- in my brain. Well, so. that's how we hear you, too. Yeah. If you play this back, that's what you'll get. Yeah. So Get off my lawn! Until, until we get back around to and i you know i was they are saying that uh, a lot of the younger generation the gen zers are are becoming more conservative leaning than their parents but uh it's too little too late so. yeah i don't know i don't think the country's that far gone and it, you bug the shit out of me when you this globalist marxist thing globalists and marxists are too different things it's it's the it's okay that's like the gay nazi uh, okay a global marxist movement Okay. All right. That's what I mean. I got that. Sorry. It's just easier. It's just like it slips out that way. <laughs> so, yeah. The global Marxist movement because they want it. They want it everywhere. And, and they've been trained overseas. And people admit, you know, they go to these meetings where it's all Marxist propaganda. And then they get their little booklets and they get their. Why don't you just say the Marxists? Because it's not just an American phenomenon. It's happening all, all over the West. Right. But you can just say the Marxists, can't you? Eh, I suppose. Because <laughs> globalists are like, you know, they're the big government people. They're on yeah, both, but the, both sides of it. Also, globalists. I mean, they, they they want the one one currency, right? They want um, one standard. They want like a, a an, an EU kind of system for the world. Yeah. Well, you can be a Marxist and, and still feel that way. Mm. Sure, you can. Yeah, I don't think so. It's, it's like communism. You know, worldwide communism. Why? Why? Why not? Why you start with globalism and then you infiltrate with the Marxist ideas, like like they do? Yeah, because globalists are hardcore capitalists too. I mean, they just mm-hmm. want to be. Or running, so they want. They just want to be running the show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I don't know. I think. Uh, I think we've been through periods before where we're like, oh, the whole country's fucked, and uh, we bounce back. So. We'll see, but I just think we've normalized such degeneracy and we've normalized like mental illness as you can't you can't discount somebody or you can't condemn somebody who's acting out because they have mental illness. You have to understand you have to. And some of this mental illness is not really an illness. It's just a condition like any other condition. I that kind of attitude. I hate that. I don't know if we've normalized it. We've just shamed people for shaming people, you know, like you can't say, hey, fatty, lose some weight. And that person goes, well, it's not very nice. Well, you weigh 400 pounds and you're four foot two. Yeah. You need to lose some weight. You know? Well, you got shit like uh, um, you've got the the uh, libraries doing uh, drag queen story hour. Lib- oh, libra- libraries. Libraries. Okay. Doing drag queen story hours and, um, you know, people celebrating it. Or if they're not celebrating it, they're tolerating it. 
There's no way that shit should be tolerated. Well, what's funny to me is, you know, well, why crow? Why do you hate drag drag queens? Because they're fucking punks. They hate women. They, they are they are they are women hating men. They dress up and then they act like the worst representation of women. And then you're going to put that and they sexualize. They're they're a disgusting sexualized version of it too of women. Like it's it's like taking a porn star and putting her in and, and reading stories. And when in the middle of it, she'll do a pole dance for the kids and strip. It's the same shit. They do the same thing, except it's more of a, um, they're more of a, um, uh, not a parody of women, but uh, a what's caricature. Yeah, caricature of women. And and that's supposed to be great. And then you, you see these instances where they're rolling around the ground with the kids on top of them, or they're, they're talking to a kid and going, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he's like, Spider-Man. Well, maybe a Spider-Man princess. The guy's like, no, Spider-Man. It throws me off when their balls show out the bottom of their miniskirts. That too. <laughs> uh, I When we accept that as a culture and we accept, uh, um, you know, uh, Planned Parenthoods, uh, you know, multiple Planned Parenthoods in the cities and um, taxpayer money funding it, and we just go, well, you know, I don't like it, but I'll accept it. I just, I think the society's just on a slow road to hell. See, that's what I... Said every grandparent ever. Um, <laughs> I fought in the war. Yeah. <laughs> you kids don't know shit. You can tell I'm, I'm feeling real sour. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I sound like 10 years older than I am. <laughs> Get that. You're so sour, my mouth is puckering up. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I think we've been in spots like this before. I do think one thing Trump did is just this sort of general attitude of, uh, self-assured rebellion again. And what I mean by that is uh, when you say to someone, using my example again, hey, you need to lose some weight, and someone goes, how dare you fat you me? Be like, well, you're fat. You should, this should bother you, you know? And they go, you know, well, you can't talk to me like, I, I just did. Everybody's got stuff like that. There used to be sort of, it. it's that idea of like, you know, you didn't say you're out of work, you're between jobs. You know, now people are like, yeah, I'm unemployed. It's, it doesn't. Yeah, there's no shame. It doesn't shame them at all. They just have shame for other people. Shame on you for calling someone that, you know. Yeah. That person has green hair. Well, you, who are you to judge them? I'm a person with an opinion who thinks green hair is stupid. How's that? We should keep that to yourself. They're not keeping their hair to themselves. They look stupid. Yeah, they want they want an attention. They're drawing attention to themselves, you know. So that's just how it is. Um, So yeah, but on the other hand, and you'll probably see this as degeneracy, and I see it as the American experiment being used. Washington is now not Washington D.C. Washington State is legalizing basically small amounts of any any illicit drug. And I think you know what? Let them try it. See how it works. See what happens. Because it's probably going to be a shit show. Yeah, I mean, part of me goes, you know, there is a libertarian element, obviously, to a lot of uh, uh, Republicans or conservatives at this point. They've, you know, I was talking to people today. They were going, well, I voted. I did vote Trump, but then uh, down on the ballot, I voted for the, uh, um, what's the legalized marijuana now party? Yeah, two, two people today told me that and they go I, I go i voted trump but then i didn't know who else to vote for because you know what so i vote for the legalized marijuana i go why why didn't you just vote for republicans at this point republicans are going to be that party they don't they're more libertarian they're more like 
don't if you're not bothering anybody else, then you know we'll let you do it. And uh, if you're bothering somebody else, there'll be another law that will take care of that. If you if you do a bunch of coke and then you act like a nut, you'll get arrested for acting like a nut, not for doing the coke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so that's that's pretty much our attitude. So just if if you think we're we're not you know we're, we're the uh, Republicans of the '80s where it was like the moral authority where we were. Where they were, you know, doing the what is it, the satanic panic and stuff like that, where they thought D and D games were, you know, they were they were overly, uh, you know, religiously authoritarian in their attitudes. A lot of them. Well, and that's that's the part of the Republican Party I could really do without. Yeah, that's they're not even is the hardcore religious people. Mm, you know why? Because they are the caricature everybody draws. Yeah, but even the people that are very religious right now that are Republicans are are not as like, you know, we need to force people to do this and that. They're 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 they tend to be more like just let people be. Yeah, there's there's that element out there because uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there is, but they're not they're not that powerful. No, they're not powerful. And the, and the very but... religious that are tired of the religious persecution are like, well, I don't want to be persecuted. I know what it feels like, and I don't want to persecute others. Yeah, but I have the same. I have the same response when the left points them out. You know, when they bring up, oh, it's going to be the handmaiden's tale. I just go, come on. Just like the left does it to us when we go, AOC wants everyone to be a freaking socialist. I go, come on. That's not That's not the party. I think that's more likely the party than the religious right is yeah. for the right. But, but you know what? It's democratic socialism. It's completely different. Yeah, there is no democratic <laughs> socialism. Just socialism. Uh, and there are no tax loopholes. Anyway... <laughs> Um, how are we on time? Because I also wanted to talk about this stuff in Europe. We're over time. Okay. So maybe for next time? Uh, yeah, because there'll probably be more of it. Mm-hmm. If you want to contact us, email. It's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com. Whoa, what was or, that? That was you touching a exposed uh, jack outlet. Or Beer. jack. That, that, ha- that happens. Electric personality. Rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. And if you want to uh, tell Crow he's sour, go on the Facebook page and tell him he is. And like it while you're there and comment and all that stuff. See you, bye.